Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akhil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of School of Startups, where we talk to successful tech entrepreneurs on how to start and scale their businesses. On today's episode, we'll be talking about how to make better decisions around your cost management. Today, we have a special guest with us, Hani Abdu. Hani is the founder and CEO of Tradogram, which is an online purchasing system that helps businesses manage their purchasing process and control their business spending. Tradogram also offers advisory and coaching for organizations on the implementation and development of a better procurement process. Hani holds a degree in financial accounting and an MBA from Azusa University in California. Prior to Tradogram, Hani was the manager at the Magdi Store Company, an importer and wholesaler of dry foods, and was also partner and managing director at Magi Food Center, where he was able to manage several large projects such as establishing a new factory, conduct business analysis, implementation, and configuration of a Sage ERP system. He played a major role in negotiating the deal and in planning the entire setup when the company was acquired by another large corporation. Finally, Hani has more than 30 years of experience in the business management, including working in the wholesale supply, food processing, and business service industry. So welcome, Hani. Glad to have you on our show today. Thank you very much, Akhil. Well, I'm surprised. I'm kind of impressed by the amount of information you've gathered about me. It's crazy what you can find online these days, eh? But for those of you who who, who don't know, is there anything else I missed? Or is there anything else you want to add? Uh, well, basically, um, yeah, you've covered uh, almost all uh, the, the major parts of well, my experience and my uh, um, uh, education background. Okay. Um, now I know you worked, uh, you know, several different management positions. How, how, could you share a bit about your background and when you decided to take that leap from going, you know, management to, you know, become an entrepreneur, whether that was Tradogram or, or a different business prior to that? Uh, my father was an entrepreneur, so I uh, grew up dreaming of being a successful entrepreneur uh, like him. Uh, I always wanted to do that. Uh, as you just mentioned, I graduated uh, as a financial accountant uh, in 1981, completed then my MBA program in, uh, around 1985. And then, um, uh, you know, I've taken a number of positions in different industries uh, around uh, the financial accounting the, uh, and managerial positions. Uh, until uh, my father, my brother, and myself uh, in uh, 1991, uh, we decided to start a new business for uh, processing and packing uh, dry foods, uh, mainly spices and herbs, which you also mentioned uh, the name of that company was uh, Majdi Food uh, Company. And um, uh, we did great. Uh, the brand has become uh, uh, prominent in, in that field uh, and uh, it's still doing really well. Uh, in, in 2008, I decided to sell half of my share in that business uh, because I, I felt I wanted to start something new, basically. So you, sh you sold your shares. Is that when you started uh, you know, building Tradogram or what was the story on how you came up yeah. with the idea of building Tradogram? Yeah, this is when I uh, wanted to, like, decided to wanted to have a new business, mm -hmm. and that was in, in in procurement. Basically, this is why where I found my uh, uh, passion mostly. So um, uh, around 
yeah, May 2009, I established uh, this company to provide international procurement services. Um, I had uh, a number of connections and I was able to uh, like uh, leverage on these connections and the experience that I've had in the field. Uh, so we did really well um, uh, to the point that I started to realize that uh, there is a need uh, to use a software to help me in communicating with my customers and suppliers effectively. Now, um, this leads us to uh, like the story where, where uh, we I got you know to think about uh, or, or decided to start uh, this software. So I, at that time, I looked at all the options and I found that they were uh, too expensive and too complicated. Um, so uh, I started to look into developing this system in-house. Uh, at that time, I found out that uh, it was going to cost a lot of money. So I thought, uh, why not build it in a way that I would be able to sell it to others? You know, especially that the market was a need for uh, something like this, you know, and, and uh, a simple and affordable solution like that. So I, I moved forward with that idea and hired a, a team of highly qualified developers for this project. Um, in 2004, my son, Majdi, uh, I uh, named him the, the name of his uh, grandpa. Uh, so he joined me after he graduated from business school as uh, uh, their entrepreneur program. And uh, he joined us, uh, the company, and at the same time, we're able to launch a beta version for testing the system. Um, it took us almost a year until we finally were comfortable to officially launch our software, Tradogram, at the beginning of 2015. And this is how it started. Yeah, I, I love that when uh, you know people are trying to solve their own problem. So you were you know in that industry for for a couple of years, and you just realized that you know this is an inefficiency, or you saw the solutions out there for your own problem were just too expensive. So you said, hey, let me let me try to you know solve my own problem, and I can probably do it you know better and cheaper, and, and maybe this is another problem for for somebody else. Did, did you have a do you have a background in technology prior to that? Because I know you have your MBA, you did your business. Uh, your financial degree and then you know, your son was also in entrepreneurship i know there's always a challenge when you know managing developers and maybe you don't understand tech as much did you have any challenges at, at that point when you were starting um i, I you don't need to have like uh in a, um, tech, too much technical knowledge uh, i learned a lot from uh, implementing uh, the erp on our previous uh, business so uh and i've always uh been uh you know uh, uh, interested in using technology in in like this is the management style i like to always uh, use latest uh technology and uh ideas so uh i've always been looking into this but from this business side you know of things uh, all I need to know about technology as a business or as a manager. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's the, uh, it, my previous experiences, I said, helped me a lot in uh, like uh, uh, looking into this and my passion about this also uh, dri drove my, uh, uh, drove me to, to, you know, or inspired me to uh, look into this deep 
deeper and be interested to learn more about it. And I see you work with different you know, industries. You work with education, you work with healthcare, and you also work with retail. Um, how have, would you say the procurement volumes and processes have been affected by you know, the current COVID-19 situation? Because I know some are probably thriving and others are you know, completely shut down. Yeah, you're right. Um, we do have customers using Tradergram for almost every industry since pro procurement processes tend to be uh, kind of similar across most verticals, you know. Uh, but we do not collect information about the activities performed uh, on our platform by each industry. Um, our role is mainly to facilitate these activities for our customers to be processed in a highly secure environment. Uh, we have noticed, however, that um, uh, many of our customers have added more users to their accounts uh, recently, uh, which could be due to the fact that companies have decided to let their employees work from home because of the COVID-19 issue. And would you say, like, in, in general, I know, like, the procurement process, there's a lot of red tape. You know, you need many decision-maker buy-ins. I used to work as a, as a project engineer, so I understand... You know, when people are coming to and you need to start a new procurement process, it just took you know a long time to get it through. Um, do you see any trends there around risk and challenges that businesses are facing? Maybe more specifically, say government. I know I know that's usually a one that takes a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, procurement has always been a, a complex and a very sensitive matter, as you probably uh, imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's become uh, a lot more challenging now because everything is expected to move at a much faster pace. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, a procurement process uh, involves a big number of stakeholders working on a tight time frame right. and exchanging a large amount of highly sensitive information. So, um, you know, uh, and, and a, a transaction uh, like this that used to take a week or two to complete in the past, now it is uh, it's expected to be done in one day right. uh, therefore it's become critical to use uh, for managers to use an effective system that can facilitate a smooth flow of information among uh, these stakeholders and provide all the information needed uh, when and where decision makers need them. makes sense yeah I, I remember when i used to work as a project engineer and you know i used to work in oil and gas and uh, mm -hmm. you know, you're managing a $10 million facility um, and you're going out for procurement on, on certain, uh, you know, bidding. Uh, if I had a tool like this, you know, how would the technology you built enhance or streamline that procurement process for whether it's suppliers or, or buyers in this case? Uh, basically, it's, the, I can put it in two terms, uh, accessibility and automation. Uh, so by using the cloud computing technology, we're able to offer our customers full, uh, full accessibility to their accounts uh, using a desktop, ta tablet, or cell phone, anywhere with internet service. Um, in addition, the, uh, the autofill function uh, saves the users a lot of time and effort in uh, uh, completing the forms based on the previously fed data. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, uh, configuring the account properly means uh, automating the workflow of the process according to the established policy policies, which uh, removes the uh, confusions and eliminates uh, unnecessary delays. So I, I know you're, you, we mentioned at the beginning, your team 
or your, your business offers coaching and consulting to organizations to help them improve their process around procurement? Because I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, you know, maybe in, internally, maybe your tool can help them, but maybe internally there's some process that maybe that they need to fix and it's not the tool that's going to solve that. What does a, that process look like when you're speaking to these organizations to help them improve typically? Uh, frankly, yeah, to answer this question, we need to explain how to set up a complete procurement strategy, which is a huge topic by itself. Sure. Uh, but in brief, this strategy uh, basically is an, is an administrative document that contains policy. Yes. It's a policy mainly, uh, like you can mention, uh, some of the main policies or regularly used policies. Uh, a policy uh, to regulate uh, what we call P2P uh, process, which is procure to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very common process uh, that um, you know takes the whole, whole purchasing or procurement uh, uh, steps one by one, uh, starting from requisitions all the way to paying for that order. Mm -hmm. um, and then the policy uh, that regulates the strategic sourcing process um, uh, this involves, you know, RFQs, RFPs, RFIs, you know, basically a form that uh, you use to communicate with your suppliers and receive offers or receive information to help you uh, negotiate a good deal with them. Um, uh, third common policy would, uh, would be the supplier relation management. Uh, supply board onboarding, uh, evaluation, rating, and all these things related to uh, our, our relationship uh, with, with our suppliers. Um, there's also the policy to regulate uh, contracting or the contract management. Uh, some companies uh, or organizations, uh, they use a lot of contracts tracking in, in their procurement process right. uh, or procurement strategy. And uh, this requires, of course, uh, to clarify all the procedures that come under this uh, process. Um, last, I can say uh, a policy uh, to regulate spend analysis and control uh, where you can just put uh, um, budgets, uh, approval uh, routing, and uh, uh, of course, uh, of course, all kinds of reports uh, that needs to uh, be like uh, regularly available to decision makers. So uh, uh, generally, these policies are made of number of procedures uh, explaining how to perform each part of the process. That makes sense. And from those different policies, what do you see? Do you see a pattern that uh, most organizations get wrong, specifically in, in one of those areas, or is it you know? varies across each industry or each business like um uh, the way they implement them yeah yeah like when you go in and you say you're coaching or you're consulting them and say hey like and then you're you know are you finding a repeated pattern that okay it's the supplier relationship that you know usually needs to be worked on first or is it just you know you go through all the 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 steps and then you find you know a little bit on each that's generally needs to be improved upon um frankly we we try to avoid uh, uh getting uh too much uh, involved in uh, these decisions because they're pretty much uh, depending on the uh, you know the, the business structure and the management um, kind of model that or philosophy that 
they would like to uh, use for managing this business. So, but generally, uh, you'd be surprised uh, to see, uh, unfortunately, that uh, we see a lot of medium-sized businesses, which is not small businesses, uh, uh, still um, using very uh, old traditional uh, ways to uh, do their their work in procurement, which is uh, usually costing them huge amounts of money. They they can they can save a lot of money by uh, once they start implementing the right policies and uh, and procedures in, in their uh, procurement. And what is those some of those older you know processes that you see there? Just is it like just spreadsheet yeah, or not, pen and paper? Yeah, or... spreadsheets. <laughs> uh, sometimes they just communicate through phones, emails, which is something that is not easy to track at all and uh, not. Uh, it's uh, it's very difficult to gather information in, in one place and be able to you know uh, in exchange this information among as i mentioned before among a huge amount uh, a number of people uh, so uh, these and and some of them even believe it or not they still use uh, hard copies you know in delivery delivering hard copies which is a huge waste of time hmm. and resources yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah it takes, a, it takes a while for some businesses to, to catch up and start using technology, right? Can, can you share some tips on, you know, if one business is looking to make, a startup is looking to make better decisions around managing their, their costs in business, is there any tips you can share what they, some things and what they can do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, generally, the cuts or the savings uh, can be grouped under three main categories. Uh, the first one is lowering the cost of purchases, uh, which can be done through improving negotiations with the suppliers uh, to be able to get better deals on products or services being purchased. Uh, st uh, studies uh, actually uh, show that uh, uh, companies applying uh, good supplier negotiation policies end up lowering the cost of their purchases by 5 to 15%. And and uh, as I just mentioned about uh, uh, strategic sourcing, uh, usually this is where uh, most uh, uh, of the uh, functions or the tools that uh, are being used to negotiate with the suppliers and lower the cost of these purchases. So that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, to mitigate never spending and this can be achieved uh, through applying effective order approval rules to ensure a better control over what's being purchased and avoid unnecessary spending. And uh, again, now we mentioned that when we talked about uh, the policy to regulate uh, spend analysis and control, uh, where we can use uh, um, you know budgets and approval to keep control over this uh, uh, this money going out. Uh, the third part is cutting down on the time needed to perform the procurement tasks. Uh, on an average time saving that can be achieved uh, has been estimated at 60 to 80 uh, percent when implementing the proper procurement system. So, um, and again, you know, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, some companies that uh, are still using uh, their uh, emails or even hard 
copy memos. Uh, they, they, there's a huge amount of same savings can be achieved uh, by replacing uh, these old uh, systems with uh, the new uh, technologies that are available now. Makes sense. And, and that first point, so you're going back and negotiating with the suppliers, how often do you suggest you know, a, a business to do that? Because I know with, uh, so example, your startup, you have, you know, 10 different uh, platforms you're using or different, you know, suppliers you're working with. Are you doing this like once a year, you're doing a review and, and, and going out to them to, hey, can you give us a better rate? Or is it, what kind of policies do you think uh, could work there? Um, there is definitely, uh, this is a very wide range. It's hmm. not uh, a one answer to everything. Like um, every company, they have their own. Even within the company, there are items that you need to negotiate once every year to and create a contract for that. And some others you need to uh, negotiate every time uh, you order the uh, you want to place an order. Um, usually, and in some cases, they have um, for every item. It's recommended to have three or four. Uh, approved suppliers, uh, they call it uh, a list of approved suppliers for each item. Right. Uh, so uh, uh, they can either um, just go ahead and buy the item from either one of them, or uh, they can, whenever they want to purchase this item, they can send an, a request for code from these three or four uh, suppliers, approved suppliers, to get the, to get their codes and. Um, it's actually recommended to sometimes uh, distribute this order among these suppliers to keep uh, them all uh, interested in, in keeping the connection, you know, Makes and sense. continuing to compete uh, uh, over our business. Yeah, yeah, I remember we had the same thing. We had some approved uh, approved vendors, and then we try to share it among those three that yeah keep them on their toes, and then also keep them, you know, their, their rates. Uh, uh, you know, what do you call it? The, yeah. yeah. And then do you, do you see any difference um, between the different industries? Um, for example, do you see challenges around education industry versus, say, oil and gas on how they're using the platform to, to manage their cost and whatnot? Um, I generally don't prefer to assume that every industry follows the same procurement strategy mm. uh, because uh, in each industry, you'll find a number of subcategories and each one of them works in a very different environment. So, uh, in my opinion, the business structure and the management style are what really defines or define the, the many variables in every procurement process. Got it. So it's not the not the actual industry. I, I just well, the way I asked that question because I know some industries. I know for like for example, oil and gas, they're always you know far behind when it comes to implementing technology. Versus, I, I don't know, maybe an education startup who's uh, you know looking for the latest and greatest and is always on top of the stuff, just as how you are, right? Looking to use the, the latest and greatest for your own process. But yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. This is what I was referring to when I said management style. You know, so uh, <laughs> it's very hard to like uh, put it uh, as uh, a one size fits all. You know, um, sure. every management style and uh, you know. Is so many variables that really uh, and factors that uh, have an impact on uh, uh, how uh, to decide the pr uh, procurement processes. Makes sense. Yeah. And regarding the the growth, so I said I think you mentioned uh, you know almost ten years now. I think when you first had your your first launch in two thousand eleven, I believe. 
um, you know, the growth of Tradogram to where you've built it today. What have you found to be the most effective growth channels for you guys to acquire more more clients to to use and start switch over to using your system? Um, I, I just have to go back a little bit. You know, it's sure. uh, yeah. We uh, uh, Tradogram was uh, started established as a procurement services and uh, company uh, in 2009, but Tradogram as a software, it was only launched uh, on 2015. Okay. So yeah, just to clarify. Sure. Um, and then uh, going back to, to your question, um, I can say that the first channel is to continue adding more features uh, in response uh, to our customers' needs and notes. Um, and the second channel, the main second channel, would be uh, to integrate with more software and other ERP systems. So it sounds more like a product-led growth or product-led marketing. So we really, you know, you have your existing core businesses, you're not too worried about bringing on more, but by creating and developing new features, new integrations, you can actually, you know, charge them more, go back to them and actually... Um, you know, increase the value of your company by doing that versus trying to get more clients, right? So, I mean, the best uh, way to uh, build a system is to build it based on what your customers needs. Right. They, they're the best people to tell you what they want. And uh, you don't want to build a system for yourself only, you know, you want to build it for your customers. So they're the best ones to uh, lead this uh, growth. Or this improvement uh, or upgrade of this. Yeah. And as a, let's say as a startup founder, we're talking about, you know, cost management here. Startup or SaaS founder, let's say they have less experience in being able to manage their costs in, in, in general, but they've raised a high amount of VC capital for their startup. Let's say, you know, one million, two million, a couple million dollars. Um, what suggestion or balance would you su suggest these founders on better managing or, or controlling their cost, if, if there's any? You can give. Uh, I strongly suggest establishing an effective spend management strategy naturally. And um, I, you know, as I explained before, um, uh, how the strategy works. And then um, to find the right software that can help them in carrying out this strategy effectively and provide them with uh, full visibility and proper control over their spending. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, imagine, I mean, what I mostly see from founders is they, you know, they put together a, maybe a financial spreadsheet of, you know, projections of what they're going to hit. And then they build their costs around, you know, some exponential growth, um, which barely ever happens perfectly in line of how the, the spreadsheet looks like or the graph. Um, but I like that idea of actually creating a, a, a spend management process or, or policy, which I think a lot of people probably don't take the time to, to put together. So that's a, that's a really good point. It's, it's good to be optimistic, but uh, I would say usually uh, startups, uh, they start up uh, being too optimistic. Yeah. Uh, things take time, so you need to be prepared for that. Hmm. So just plan for extra extra runway, more than you hope for. Yeah. Um, you know, I know saying no sometimes is more important than taking on every opportunity that comes your way. So you guys could obviously be going out and getting more clients but maybe you're saying no to that and just focusing on the product, developing more features, developing more you know, integrations. But you know, early on, um, would, you, would you have done anything differently if you were starting 
tradeogram today or have, or is there something you would have said no to early on that would have helped you, you know, grow a little faster? Um, uh, I can say, uh, like this is an extension of maybe, uh, or, uh, very much connected to the previous question. So I would say establishing a new business is like growing a tree. Uh, it needs a great amount of caring, hard work and patience. Um, Adding water and nutrition is very important for it to grow healthy. But uh, you, if you add more than you should, it will not make it grow faster. It will most likely hurt it. So um, yeah, you need to be uh, uh, careful. Try to learn uh, from your mistakes. No one uh, is always right. You know? But uh, the key is to always evaluate what you're doing and uh, make sure that if what you're doing is not the best thing or it's not achieving the best results, to be able to uh, correct it and amend things uh, to make sure that on the, you're on the right track. Awesome. And what does uh, 2020 look like for you and for Tradergram? And what are you most excited about for the, for the rest of the year? Um, well, 2020 has been uh, working really well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, of course, COVID nineteen uh, has had, uh, of course, uh, its uh, impact on our business, like any other business. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, people uh, have started to realize uh, the the need and the importance of uh, being able to uh, the mobility in in uh, the system and being able to work. Uh, uh, from anywhere, um, uh, and uh, definitely uh, this um, uh, goes well with our theme and uh, what we are offering. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all excited for this to be done with and just kind of go back to something different. Whether it's you know working remotely, as we we chatted before the show. Um, where can our audience get in touch with you if they want to learn more about yourself or what you guys are doing at, at Tradeogram? Um, they can always go to our website. That's the easiest way. And uh, through our website, you can uh, learn everything about Tradergram, almost everything about Tradergram. If you, and if you need more information, uh, they can uh, easily schedule a call or uh, a demo uh, to ask any questions they might have about the system. And if they have any suggestions that they would like to uh, uh, send to us they can use uh, our uh, usual uh, uh, like uh, telephone number emails and and i'm always available uh they can even send me uh directly my emails my email is hanny at tradergram.com very easy and straightforward so uh i'll be happy to hear from uh, any of our prospects or customers uh, or any of the uh, interested uh, uh, people out there to learn about spend management and procurement software, uh, we'll be very happy to answer all. Okay. Okay, awesome. We'll make sure to include those links to in our show notes so people can check that out and get in touch with Hani. Um, thank you so much for being here today, Hani. Anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I just uh, would like to thank you very much for uh, hosting uh, this podcast and uh, uh, wish to, I would like to wish you uh, all the best and all luck and success. Thank you so much, Annie. Have a good one. Eh? Thank you all for joining us on today's episode. 
Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on iTunes or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about entrepreneurship, make sure to check out our School of Startups videos on YouTube as well. Until then, see you guys on the next episode.